0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: Ts and Cs apply New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005.
0: We have another big F1 showdown coming out of Canada overnight and uh, boy it has been interesting leading into that with practice sessions and qualifying. Uh it's been qu- it's been quite wet and we've seen a name. At the top of qualifying, we haven't seen there for a long, long time. Joining us to talk about that is Michael Laminato from uh, the Strategy Report and Boxer Neutrals podcasts, as well as Formula One and Motorsport writer, podcaster, and sub editor. Michael, g'day, how are you?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Sorry, that title's very long. We'll have to work on shortening it a little bit next time. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just but yeah. <laughs> F1 Guru. There you go, f Guru. Yeah, <laughs> sounds
0: good. Yeah, it's catchy. I like it. That's good, mate. I like it. I like it. Um, is it fair to say, looking at the uh, the top of the uh, of poll for the Canadian Grand Prix, that the wet weather has played a part, and that might be why we see the wisdom of Someone like a Fernando Alonso, uh, uh you know, be on, the, be on the front row of that grid. It's not so much about uh just putting your pedal to the metal and and uh holding on in the corners. He's actually thought about this and maybe has a bit a bit of know how that's got him where he is for the first time since what 2012?
1: 2012, that's right. This is the highest he's started since July in 2012, which is actually his last pole position. It's been a decade. And he's a guy who's been racing for about 20 years, just to put all that into a little bit of perspective. The wet weather was definitely a big part of the story. Worth adding here, though, he has had his moments in an Alpine car that sort of is the top of the midfield a couple of times this year. In Australia, before he had a a problem in qualifying, he looking pretty good to probably be top four. And even in Friday practice here, which was dry and pretty warm, that Alpine car is really quick in a straight line. And he then makes the difference in the corners in a way. His teammate can't because of that experience. But wet weather is always a really great leveller in motorsport, they say. It takes a little bit of the emphasis away from the car and puts a little bit more in the driver's hands and I mean if it's wet and you want uh, a driver you can absolutely bet on it's almost always going to be Fernando Alonso and his lap looked great was not in the end quite in contention from Paul because Max Verstappen was just operating on such a high level but front row of the grid, you wouldn't put anything past him starting that race tonight.
0: No, you wouldn't, and he's certainly um, talking the talk, isn't he? He said that he's going to attack Verstappen on the first corner of the first lap uh, going in, which is interesting fighting talk for him to come out and say that. Uh, You know, I suppose some of that will depend on the conditions, but he's certainly going to go for the jugular.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting first corner here as well because he starts on the outside, which almost immediately then becomes the inside for turn two, which means if he gets a roughly as good start as Max, let's say, he can kind of muscle his way through there and then see how he goes. And there's the opportunity too, depending on how they're looking at strategy, he might start on the softer tyre because he doesn't really want to lead this race. He did sort of go on to say a little bit, I'd really love to lead the race, and that's his aim, as you said. I think even he knows his car is not going to have the pace to beat Max Verstappen by the end of the Grand Prix. But if you can take that lead on, you never know what's going to happen with strategy in this Grand Prix because it is such a mixed-up grid. And you've just got to be in that position to see what happens and capitalise. And, I mean, he's the driver who's going to do that. Now, we
0: uh, have also saw uh, Lewis Hamilton, who's had a... a- A rocks and diamonds season, more rocks than diamonds, probably, to be fair. (laughs) Um, He has qualified fourth and he's come out and said, you know, like finishing qualifying fourth has never felt so good. So he's obviously uh, uh, happier than he has been with the setup of the car, but feels like there's still a bit to do. I mean, when Lewis Hamilton is celebrating qualifying fourth, you know, uh, there's something not quite right at Mercedes.
1: Yeah, that's spot on. It was 1.6 seconds, I think, off the top of my head as well, which is not a small amount of time, even though in wet weather like this, sometimes you get unusual gaps, but... It really speaks to how much he's been struggling with that car in the last two or three races in particular, and not only struggling for pace, that's been a little bit the story of Mercedes all year, also struggling in practice because they're doing such dramatic experiments with the car setup and new parts that, I mean, on Friday, he was talking about it being one of the worst cars he's ever driven because of the experiments he was running. But then on top of that, the way this car is bouncing, it's been sort of the story of the last month in Formula One, these cars, because of the new rules and the aerodynamics of them and how low they're running to the ground. Uh, The Mercedes car in particular is bouncing against the track surface really dramatically. A lot of drivers sort of came away from the last race borderline injured. A lot of them were in a lot of pain, including Lewis Hamilton, as he was the worst affected. So in the wet where the cars are just a little bit slower because of the wet weather, uh, the setup was a little bit different, a little bit softer. He had a much better ride. So even though he was so far behind, enjoyed racing a little bit more. And again, as we were saying in the wet weather, the driver makes a bit more of a difference. So he was expressing himself a little bit more during qualifying was pretty pleased, but if Sunday is going to be dry, which last I checked the forecast is almost certainly going to be the case, then there is a good chance. He's going to be in a little bit of trouble again, but starting fourth, he has a good start. He's probably got the pace to keep a lot of cars behind him, so he should be at least be on for a decent result on Sunday too.
0: Yeah, which he he is going to need. On that, actually, I've had conversations with a few people about Lewis Hamilton. Uh, you know, because there's always those comparisons come out with Schumacher, etc. Um, and I, I think most people are of the opinion that Schumacher was definitely a better driver. It's just that he's got, a, uh, you know, he has had uh, Lewis Hamilton a superior car for so much of his career. So when we talk about racing without the best car and racing in the rain. I mean, is it somewhere Lewis Hamilton can shine or does that take away his best weapon, which is Toto Wolf in the car?
1: Lewis Hamilton is historically regarded as one of the better wet weather drivers, maybe in the history of Formula 1, it's difficult to compare, but it's certainly one of his strengths. And that does come back to that idea that if you're good in the wet, it, it, you often get a bit more credit than your car. A car does still play a, a role, of course. The Red Bull was in a league of its own because it is very good in the wet, but the driver does make a difference. And I mean, it's one of the debates that's obviously come up in the last couple of years in particular, as Lewis Hamilton has been ticking off the records most wins, almost had the most championships up until the last lap of last year's last race, of course. But, you know, Michael Schumacher had comfortably the best car for five of his championships or thereabouts four or five of those titles. And Lewis Hamilton's had that car for a similar number of years. I think we also, sometimes talk down uh, 2018 and 19 or 17, 19 when Ferrari for a lot of those seasons had the quicker car. Sebastian Vettel led a lot of the championship in, in those years and then dropped the ball at the end. And Lewis Hamilton made a bit of a difference. Even last year for maybe a half, maybe two thirds of the season, Mercedes was the slower car and Lewis Hamilton kept it in contention until he could pick up the pace late and battled engine difficulties to take it down to the last race really right down to the wire so I think it's always been a little bit simplistic if we write off Lewis Hamilton as being successful because he's had the quickest car because the quickest drivers always tend to find themselves in the quickest cars because they're so sought after and Yes, that does mean they win more often because they've got the machinery, but that's what it takes to win in Formula 1. It's always been like that. So I've always found that argument to not really hold water
0: when you really look into it. Mm, interesting. All right, mate. Um, and now third on the grid is Carlos Sainz from Ferrari, which is good for Ferrari with obviously having Red Bull at one and at four, uh, but no sign of Charles Leclerc. He's uh, starting at the back of the grid.
1: Yes, and this is the culmination now of the last couple of really poor races for Ferrari on a reliability sense Charles Leclerc's had two power unit failures in the last three races in Azerbaijan and Spain so not at this round and you only get three engines a year and he's lost two of them and now he's taken his fourth one so he didn't need to necessarily take the fourth one but Ferrari took the third and then the fourth to make sure he's got two engines to rotate through and ideally if there are no more failures although important to note here that they don't know why they keep failing so they're very well very well maybe more failures in the horizon theoretically this will get him to the last third of the season then he's probably gonna have to take another penalty there and obviously that's not good for his championship fight he's already 34 points behind almost certainly going to lose more points today Ferrari's targeting fifth for him that's a decent haul of points but still not really enough to make a difference and he's going to have a really long race ahead of him. We'll be on to watch, obviously, because he's got a car that's one of the fastest, second or first fastest in the field. So he should be making good progress. He'll be a bit of an action center this way, uh, on Sunday. But it is going to be a long race from him. For Carlos Sainz, though, a really important Grand Prix for him because he's yet to win a race in Formula One and also for Ferrari. Had a bit of a dodgy start to the season, then suffered a bit of bad luck. He's been really struggling to build momentum, but he is Ferrari's lead driver now. And Ferrari really needs him to beat Max Verstappen, not only to get some points back in the constructor standings, also to help out Charles Leclerc a little bit. And of course, mathematically Carlos is in uh, title contention as well, but he's a, a long way behind Charles and Max. So, This is his best opportunity. It's pretty much a straight fight between him and Max, depending on how this race goes. And it's really up to him now to stand up and do what he's there at Ferrari to do, which is to start winning races when they come to him. So it's going to be really
0: interesting to watch. There's been a lot of storylines, Michael, uh, for, for this Canadian Grand Prix. And I, I guess, you know, we've talked about Alonso. Uh, we haven't really mentioned Ocon as uh, Alpine teammate, but he's also top 10. Uh, and Haas have also qualified to fifth and sixth with Magnussen and Schumacher, which is their best ever qualifying result. So it's a Grand Prix that's throwing it up for some of the smaller teams.
1: Yeah, and another great opportunity seized in the wet weather for both Haas drivers. Kevin Magnussen, we know, is pretty consistent. He's really been getting the most out of that car pretty much every weekend, which is... Great for him, obviously, having taken a year out of the sport and coming back pretty unexpectedly. This is a really big race for Mick Schumacher, though, because we we talked about Carlos Sainz having a big race because he's yet to win. Mick Schumacher's yet to score points in Formula One. Now, of course, he wasn't going to do it last year because the car last year was dreadful. But Kevin Magnussen's been scoring points or putting himself in point-scoring positions relatively regularly. Mick hasn't been able to do that. And on the few occasions he has this year, He's made mistakes. In Miami, he crashed with Seb Vettel. It was a racing incident. But I think, uh, in my opinion, anyway, a little bit more blame uh, was down to him on that. He's crashed a car in a really big way twice, once in Monaco, once in Saudi Arabia as well. There's been a lot of pressure on him. Even team principal Gunther Stein has been sort of openly now saying, we've well, really got to cut out these crashes and he needs to pick up the pace. And suddenly it feels like, despite the name and being a Ferrari junior driver and being a junior champion in Formula 3 and Formula 2, his position doesn't seem that secure He's never had as good an opportunity to score points as this. I mean, you're starting right in the thick of the top 10. Haas knows the car's probably not going to be quick enough to stay fifth and sixth, but it should be quick enough to stick in the top 10. If Mick can't score points in this race, and it's not because, you know, someone hits him or whatever, that's really going to put a lot of pressure on him because this is his time to bring home some good points. Maybe even beat his teammate if that's in. it. doesn't have to do that, though just needs to finish in that top 10 that is his absolutely sole goal today and he's got to make sure it happens all right mate and well now i mean
0: max verstappen starts on pole he's got one of the quickest cars if not the quickest car he is the best driver he's the defending champion uh i mean it's all on him right but i mean if if he doesn't win this grand prix for through whatever reason who do you like
1: it's got to be Carlos Sainz if he doesn't win it. I mean, I'd love to see Fernando Alonso win it. And if he gets a great start, I don't know. how. He's just one of those drivers that might pull it out. Logic says it can't happen. The Alpine car did look pretty quick in race simulation on Friday, but still not as quick as the Ferrari and Red Bull cars, of course. But if it's not going to be Max, I mean, I'd love to see Carlos win it as well because he is a great driver. He's had a pretty bad run of luck. He's made mistakes as well, but just hasn't been able to build the momentum. I'd love to see him finally kick this one off. Uh, he, Ferrari tends to have a bit of history in Canada as well. They've tended to do well. In 2019, when we were here last, he should have won with Seb Vettel, but it was penalised out of victory. So they feel like there's a win owing to them as well. If it's not going to be Max. Uh, I think it's got to be Carlos. Yeah, good stuff,
0: Michael. Hey, listen, I really appreciate your time on a Sunday, mate. Go well and enjoy that Grand Prix tonight.
1: Thank you, mate. Anytime.
0: Cheers, Michael Lamonato from the Strategy Report and Boxing Neutral Podcast. You can uh, follow him on Twitter as handle is at Michael Lamonato, And if you're an F1 fan or a motorsport fan, uh, he's definitely worth a follow just across the ditch there in Australia. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit at tyrepower.com.au now.